everybody, this is Dr. Ben Pearl with another episode of Fit Foot You, and today we've got a fun one. We've got, should be a Hall of Famer, but what he did do, he's the only kicker to ever become uh, an MVP of the league, and that was in the shortened season in 82-83. Yes. He's going to talk to us about foot health and also things that he's overcome. Why don't we start with that, Mark, and, and thank you so much uh, for being here. My pleasure. And doing thank this. you for, for having me. Yeah. So everybody's got a story. What was some of the things that you overcame early in your career? Well, I, I first had to overcome just being able to make it, make it in the NFL. I was drafted in the 14th round by the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and, uh, in 1970. And my, I guess my claim to fame back then was I was in that, the class that John Carlos was in, when, which would have been his uh, rookie year with, along with mine. And we were both with the Eagles at training camp in Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, but then I was released after my first year with the Eagles, and uh, I ended up with the Houston Oilers in 1971 and uh, part of 72. Then I was released from Houston, and then I set out two years. I was out in most of 72 and all of 73. I didn't play at all. Um, couldn't even get anybody to return a phone call. It was I kind of got blackballed out of the out of the league back then. Uh, our uh, the association, the, the union that we had is that we have now still. Uh, was not very strong, so we didn't have a lot, and they could a lot. The owners and coaches could do a lot to the players when they didn't want to be embarrassed or whatever, and it kind of happened to me. And uh, anyway, I, I got a call in 1974 in February of '74 before the draft uh, from a guy by the name of Coach Allen, who was uh, the head coach here in Washington, and um, he was wondering if I was still in shape and could still kick. And I said, "Well, yes, sir, I can." I said, "I'm 20 pounds heavier." And it's all muscle. I've been working out every day ever since, and I'm uh, I'm in good shape. And I said I can I can kick the ball. And he said, Well, I'm going to send you a contract, sign it, get it back to me, and we'll see you in July. And so I showed up in July for training camp in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And uh, I heard somebody. I, I, well, actually, I went out to the field and uh, just to check it out. I got there a little bit early, so I went out to check things out and. Uh, coming off the field was George Allen and he hollered my name and I went running over to him and he stuck his hand out and I shook his hand and he pulled me over and he put his arm around my shoulder and he said, he said, now Mark, he said, you know, um, you know why you're here, don't you? And I said, well, yes, sir, I'm here to, to win the kicking job. He says, yeah. He says, but the reason you're here is because back in 1971 when you was with the Houston Oilers, you kicked four field goals against my, my uh, Washington Redskins at RFK Stadium in a driving rainstorm. And said, I remember that, and I need a kicker now who I know can kick in any kind of weather at RFK Stadium, which at the time, that was probably RFK was the worst stadium to play in in bad weather. And uh, he said, I need somebody that can get me three points because um, I'm going to always have a, a great defense. If I can get three points and it's raining and snowing, we can win the game. He said, I think you can do that now. All you got to do is go out and beat those other nine kickers that are on the roster and, and the job's yours. <laughs> And that was a true story. I, I ended up having to beat out nine guys that year for the job and uh, ended up winning the job, and I guess the rest is history. Well, you've got a lot of career highlights. Before we get to that, though, technically, how did you negotiate that difficult field at RFK? Uh, kickers have a lot of tricks, different shoes they wear. Uh, uh, we're, you're talking about feet. One of the things that's different between now and what it used to be is we used to kick outside all the time in the rain, sleet, snow. Uh, we didn't have the covered stadiums. We didn't have the AstroTurf, which was the first turf, the, the artificial turf that they came out with. And um, 
we were, uh, it was just a different time. And you had to have your plant foot over the football. And as a straight on kicker, and I'm, I'll try to, try to identify the difference between straight on and soccer now, the, the kickers that you see today are, have developed from the old soccer players that first came in, the Gogolak brothers and a few other guys, the Horst Muehlmanns and uh, those guys that came in, the, the Jan Stinnerudes, who was one of the first great soccer kickers uh, in our league, who's in the Hall of Fame, by the way. And the soccer has kind of taken over where you kick with the top of your foot and you're coming from the side. Straight on, as I approach the ball, straight on from behind the football, and I hit it with the toe of my foot. So that was the big difference. I had a, a little square-toed shoe that was about three inches wide, and uh, that was it. I had to be so I had to get the ball up fast. Soccer guys don't get it. They're they're usually back a little bit further on their on their approach, uh, but they have uh, they've developed a very good way of kicking these days, and so. You know, that's kind of where I started. I ended up winning the job. I beat out all these other guys, and uh, I went on to be a, uh, you know, a fairly decent kicker here in Washington. I would say more than that. Now, you had another trick that you did uh, that I heard about. Actually, our producer Terry told me about it. You, you would use some socks, and, and tell us about that. <laughs> well, the socks, I guess, was more of a, almost a superstition. Um, I used to wear at least three or four socks on my kicking uh, shoe because I have a narrow foot and I always wanted my shoe to be real tight, and I wish I had it. I, I tried to find my old shoe and stuff to bring here for this interview so that I could show you the shoe, but uh, I have a real narrow foot, and I like the shoe to be real tight on my foot so I could feel the ball when I, when I hit the ball and the penetration of my foot into the football. And uh, so I would put on as many socks as it would take to make, that, to make my, the feel of my foot in the shoe feel good and feel solid, so I knew that and when I made the, the uh, when I made the contact with the football, it was going to be the ball that gave way and not the shoe bending or the or because of my foot not being tight that the shoe would give, and that was what helped me to to really explode, uh, to have the football explode off my foot was the penetration. Uh, I remember back in I guess it's the late 70s, the uh, University of Maryland, uh, their kinesiology department came out and filmed me kicking, and they took one kick and they did 5,000 frames from the time I started moving until I made contact through the football, and you could actually see my foot penetrate the ball and the ball wrap around the end of my foot oh, cool. and explode off, and then it was gone. <laughs> it was so fast. But um, that's what I was trying to do, and that's why I wore all the socks, was to make that shoe as tight as possible on my foot without it cutting off the circulation naturally. Now, I know you had a lot of career uh, highlights, and I don't want to steal your, your thunder, but what are maybe two or three of the biggest goosebump moments that you had in, uh, through your career? I know what one of them is. Well, but, the biggest but, uh, one probably was, um, was the Super Bowl, just, being, just playing in the Super so Bowl. So everybody what you got yeah, there. Yeah, well, that's, that's the ring right there. <laughs> so tell that us. That was 1982 what? Super Bowl. That was Super Bowl 17. That was our, our first Super Bowl win. It was our second Super Bowl to appear in. Uh, Coach Allen had taken the team to Super Bowl uh, seven, I think it was, in, in, uh, in 1972, and then we repeated that in 1982, and we went, but we won, and the team lost the first one. But this was our first uh, team win of a Super Bowl, and that was a big year for me. That was my uh, that was my MVP year. That's when I set the uh, consecutive field goal record, and uh, that that kick alone was had a lot of uh, lot behind it. And I guess maybe we can talk about that later, but. That one no, kick had a, had a lot waiting on it. it uh, I mean, there, it was uh, the kick. Um, it won the game. We ended up winning 15-14. Uh, it set a new NFL record 
uh, for consecutive field goals, and it put us in the playoffs for the first time. It's pretty six cold years. that that day, right? It was snowing. It was you couldn't hardly see the goalpost at the time because it was snowing so hard, and it was just a very big kick. The field was a mess. You know, I was saying earlier that the the straight-on kicker could keep his foot planted. Uh, whereas the soccer guys have their weight out in front of them with their plant foot and their feet go out from underneath them a lot. Uh, but now they, they play indoors and they, they have soccer fields. I mean, uh, the AstroTurf or, or the artificial turf and things of that nature that makes it uh, a lot easier for them to kick in bad weather if they're outside. But uh, for straight on, what the advantage I had was my weight was always over my plant foot. So I didn't have to worry about losing my, my plant foot sliding out from underneath me. And that was a big thing. But uh, the Super Bowl was a big, that was one of my big highlights, uh, just being in a Super Bowl and then to be able to win uh, Super Bowl 17 was a huge win. And, and to be able to have had a, uh, a good year, a year that helped to put us there. And then in the Super Bowl itself, I, I had nine of the 27 points. So that was, that was important too. But um, for me, I think the second uh, most probably goosebump would have been uh, kicking the field goal in 82 that won us and put us into the playoffs, that one in 80, the one I talked about a few minutes ago. Just uh, having having had the opportunity to uh, to be in those situations and to play with the guys, the players that I played with and to play under the coaches that I had were uh, just great times and, and will always be uh, great memories for me and my family. And so you had to do this also in concert with uh, with your holder, and, and many people may forget, but uh, for many years it was Joe Theismann, yeah, right? Yeah, Joe was my main holder. Joe started holding. Actually, Joe and I started off uh, together in 1974, our, our first years in Washington, and um, he started holding during training camp, and then when the veterans came in, they wanted Sonny Jurgensen to hold. He was our quarterback, so Sonny held for me my first year. When I won the job, Sonny was the holder in 1974 and then 75 uh, Joe took over because Sonny retired after the 74 season and uh, Joe began being my holder and was my holder until he broke his leg and then uh, then I had Jay Schrader held for me the rest of 85 and then start of it in 86 when I the year I was released from Washington after I was we were about six I, I think six games into the season I was released and I ended up going to Cleveland yeah, that was uh, that was a that was a huge uh, national moment. I mean, it, that injury unfortunately even made the David Letterman show. They had the yeah. they they made a gag out of it. But tell me uh, now, moving forward, you stay healthy. So what's what's your secret to success? You, you well, you're 74. You look like you're 60. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thanks. you look a good 14 years younger for sure. Well, thank you. But I I, I think the key to to my uh, my health has been continuing to work out. I never really quit working out. When I was released in 1971, uh, and then was out in 72 or 70, yeah, 72 and 73, I continued to work hard. I, I learned then that you don't get anything if you don't earn it, and uh, I worked very, very hard to keep myself in shape. And once I started, once I started um, into um, uh, the seasons, and then getting into the the years that I played, I just continued to to work hard and, and, and work out as every day. And after I retired, I decided that, you know, if I was gonna, if I was gonna live long, cause I have a, a pretty good long longevity in my, my family's history, that I, I wanted to be healthy if I was gonna live a long life. So I have been able to uh, continue working out ever since. I've been retired now almost 35 years. And I don't, I probably haven't missed two days in those 35 years from working out. And I still do a lot of uh, running 
used to run out on the roads, now I run on the treadmill for my, just to keep my knees and hips and all in shape. And uh, I still, and I even, targeting I at about out. 130, you were telling me? For yeah, your, I, for your, for I, try to, I try to keep my heart rate up around between 125 and 130, 135, something in that range, and keep it there for at least uh, 40 to 50 minutes. And then I, I try to get, uh, I try to get an hour to hour and a half workout in every day. And it sounds like you have also, which I think is great for people, an active lifestyle. So you're, yeah, you're kind of a carpenter. You, well, you I do it all. <laughs> yeah. I have a farm. Uh, I have a 57-acre farm out here in the Shenandoah Valley. Beautiful area to live. And uh, I've done a lot of the work. I live in a 200-year-old barn that I've completely remodeled and turned it into a, a really nice home. And uh, it's a property that we really um, enjoy. The kids, my grandkids, all love coming out, riding four-wheelers. and. Uh, I have horses, and um, we take care of our own hay and stuff. So we're, you know, it's a working farm, but it, it's, uh, it's just keeps me busy, keeps me active. And two, I'm, you know, I, my job has been for the last twenty-something years has been with Five Guys Burgers. I was one of the uh, original franchise uh, guys. I started. Uh, I convinced the the Morell family way back in uh, two thousand and one that we could franchise their four stores that they had. Now we have almost two thousand stores. That's Oops, awesome. That's, that's awesome. So you've worn, hold you've it, worn, hold it. Hold it. I'm sorry, yeah. I thought I'd, it's okay. I thought I'd, I'm not right now, I'm just eating, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm Okay, sorry, I, told, I should have told you, Mark. I'm I sorry, I forgot no, to turn good. it off, I, I knew to do that. Turn yours off, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I will, I will. <laughs> I, I was doing this for the outline. I should have told you guys. Yeah, that's all right. I'm sorry about that. No, we're good. Okay, so, so uh, he ended up with the 2,000 stores, so whatever you want to go for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still wrong. Yeah. So you've worn many hats, Mark, and I, I understand you're also an inventor. Uh, we're going to get to my invention in a minute, but I want to hear first about yours. Well, I, if you see, uh, if you've watched football at all, you see all the kickers uh, the, the, on the kickoffs or extra points or field goals, things like that. Uh, that tee is a tee that I invented way back in the 80s. It's called the total tee. I invented it for soccer players because they were always kicking that old orange tee further than the football. And I said, there's got to be an easier way to, to do this. And because I had camps back then uh, for kickers and the kids, when I'm trying to teach them to kick, they were always kicking the tee. So I invented that tee where they could flip it over and it was a flat top for their extra points and field. Back then, everybody used the tee to kick off. They still do, I think, in high school, but the colleges and pros kick off the ground now. But back then, they could use the flat side and they could flip it over and it was carved out inside where they could sit the ball in it and use it for kickoffs. And so it was did, called the total tee. And you did that uh, beta with like just a balsa wood carving. Yeah, I, car I cut That's it, cool. I just I whittled it out of a piece of balsa wood. Awesome. And uh, and then we got it, uh, I finally it took me about six years to get it approved uh, by the uh, NFL in order to be able to use kickers. And once I started doing that, all the kickers started using it. And boy, then it just blew up. Now, high school, college, pros, they all use that, uh, that black tee. That's cool. So you have a chronic injury. We're going to get to that. Tell me a little bit about what happened with your foot. And strangely enough, it's not your kicking toe; it's your well, other toe. Yeah, it's I, just my my big toe on my left foot. I've I've not. It's been sore for quite a while now, and I've uh, tried to deal with that. I, I've I, you know I've had so many aches and pains over my life. I've learned how to just kind of ignore them. But this has kind of been aggravating here over the last month or two. And uh, when when. Terry called me and asked me to do this with you. I said, well, gee, that's a chance. I've been thinking about trying to find me a podiatrist out here that I could go to and uh, see if, if there's something wrong with my toe or something, if so I might have a bruise or something. So you want to check it out? Well, it's, I guess it's your show. 
So, so just starting off, just to let you know overall, it's great that this joint back here, your big toe joint, your metatarsal phalangeal joint, yeah. that's, no, that's fairly normal. I mean, yeah. you've got good range of motion. As you mentioned, you can't bend this terminal phalanx joint, right. and we've got a little pop. Probably can't hear that on camera. I, I hear it. I hear it. Uh, but that's that's called crepitus. Okay. And that's just that's just the synovial sheath popping in the joint. Yeah, because it doesn't hurt. Right. I hear it pop. It does it all the time. But that's the telltale for why your toe is the problem. Because if we look at your other toe mark, your other toenail, it's fairly. I mean, it's a little yellowing here, so there's a little bit of a, a, a opportunistic fungal infection, which a lot of people have, and I, I can give you some tips about that. But it's it's also thick. It's what we call dystrophic yeah. change of growth. So what you're getting is pressure on the nail, which is causing the bruise. And I wouldn't be surprised also if we were to do a little bit of an x-ray that you might have a little bit of a spur underneath, underneath underneath there because that can happen with chronic pressure. Why? Because it's like the Tin Man. If you've got restricted joints, the pressure has to go somewhere. Go somewhere and it, it's, yeah, yeah. Okay. so that's, that's causing that. Yeah, I was wondering why it hasn't gone away. Right. That's why I couldn't figure out why it hasn't done. So a so couple things, couple tricks that we can do we can number one we can smooth the nail out make that thinner which which will help if it if if that failed the nail could be taken off and you could start anew but that's traumatic that's right. a that's a minor surgical procedure i want to try something i developed with os first it's it's uh it's called the turf toe so i invented okay. this uh we just released it just prior to the uh, pandemic. Well, you know that turf toe is, is a huge problem in the NFL. Yeah. And in college. These yeah. kids, they, because of the turf they play on, they, they catch their toes. And then, you know, they may miss six, seven games a, a year. Just some, and you, people laugh at that. How can you miss all these games just because you got turf toe? We but were, try, we were trying last year to get this on Josh Ellen's, uh, a colleague of mine knew, knew the uh, orthopedic up there, but uh, they had their protocol. But yeah. um, we're going to try it on you. We're gonna, yeah. So okay. it might be a little springboard action to help facilitate the toe off. But then the other thing that we can do is to make sure that we have shoes that are a little bit less of a taper. That's not a bad shoe that you have, Mark. I have these kind of clown shoes myself, these kind of yeah. more open shoes. So something like an ultra or a real wide. And, and again, that's not a bad one, but you want to avoid the tapered shoes, the tapered right. cowboy and boots, been, well, things of I've that nature. I've been doing that lately. I've been trying to wear shoes that don't, that I don't feel any pressure on that toe. And the other thing that we could do, again, if it's continued pain, even after we do the nail care, is there's different types of techniques now. I'm using electromagnetic energy. I talked about that yeah. before to try to help just healing soft tissue a little bit faster. Right. But some of these simple measures may help you. And then the other thing I want you to do is a little range of motion, a gliding action, transverse across here, and then stabilizing here and just a little up and down. As long as it's not hurting, just the more motion you can get there, and even if you can get a little oblique yeah. twist, yeah. it might hurt a little bit there. When you squeeze it, that's when I feel Yeah, I squeeze that nail. I feel it on the top, though. Yeah. Just, that's the only place that I, I feel it is right on the top. Right. So that's called a subungal hematoma. You've got a, a chronic bruise underneath that nail. Okay, that's what so I we, kind of figured it yeah. So at some point we'll either A, get this trimmed down when I've got instruments to do so, or B, remove the nail entirely and see if that uh, solves the problem. I'll teach you how to put this on. It's really just like a mitten and you can see it you know, when you're walking if this right. helps to facilitate. I've even in some instances used it 
the opposite way to have this little polyurethane piece oh as a protector. Yeah. Other little things, tricks we can do, sometimes we'll put a little silicone thimble around just to protect the toe that way. Yeah. But this is something that if you slip this on and wear it just like a mitten, it'll give you just a little bit more stability towing off. If you find that it's restrictive, then what we'll do is we'll flip and give you a right one and we'll put it on top this way and we'll see if it protects it yeah. that way, if that works out better. So it's, it's an experiential thing. We try different things for, okay. for different situations. Um, you have your, uh, your, your thing there that you've done. Would I be able to kick, kick off that? Would you show me how to do it? I can show you how, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, love, that, I'd love, go ahead. Uh, it's it's gonna be, it, people think kicking is easy. It's it, you'll, you'll find real quick that uh, making contact with the football is not the easiest thing in the world. At the key to kicking straight on is you gotta lock your ankle up and you're kicking with your toe. And your plant foot's gonna be just a little bit behind the tee. Mm -hmm. I used to wear a hole out here where my plant foot was. If I, you know, if I so the, the plant foot should be here, just behind yep, the, the ball. Yeah, but you got to have your foot up. Your ankle oh. got to be locked up. So your my kicking ankle. My kicking ankle's locked up like like this. Yes. Up. You're kicking it with your toe. Okay, because I'm kicking it with the toe. So you got to. So okay. you have to keep. You can't have that foot down. You got to have it locked up. Okay, so I want to strike it right here, not on the stud. Right. Obviously. You're kicking it on the, okay. on the very end of your yeah. toe. All right. All right. I got you now. So you're hitting the ball, but way up on your ankle. Okay. You need okay. to hit it more out on that bone. It, it needs to be, you need to use the top of this foot, that bone. That's why they're hitting it, because they're hitting it with that big bone right there. Okay. All right. Good! You did it! It only took four kicks. He made one final. But that's all it. But soccer. The soccer guys have a big advantage now because of their the, the momentum that they build up from their swing comes from way back here all the way to here and they, so the, the longer it's like a golf swing it's hips. identical to a golf swing yeah it's all it's all through and well, then my, you get your hips through it it was your coaching it was yeah. your coaching i got, got coaching from an all pro mvp high five thank you yeah all right good job mark that was a blast you already covered your what you do to stay healthy but what I really would also like to know, and I always ask my guests, especially my athletes, some funny stories. You probably have a million of them, but I'm sure a couple well, stand out. Yeah, I, I had a lot during 16 years of in the NFL, but I, probably the most memorable one was when uh, uh, I came out of my, my last year in the league, I took my rocking chair up to training camp because they were always kidding me about, about being the old man on the team. So I took my rocking chair up there and I'd sit outside our locker room and uh, just rocking it, and I came out to the afternoon practice one day, and the thing was hanging from the from the flagpole, upside down, and the guys were all giving me all grief. Grief, and then the next thing I know, they took me out and they they uh, taped me to the goalpost with the the uh, white uh, the athletic tape they had there, and I, I was stuck there for half the practice, <laughs> and everybody just everybody just ignored me like I wasn't even I didn't even exist. I couldn't get anybody to come over and cut me down or anything, and I was just sitting there. So. But there, you're right. We, there's a lot of, uh, especially in the NFL, there's a, the teams, you get very close because you live together. I mean, that's part of the success of a team is how close the players really are. Yeah, I think that's the mark of a winner. Yeah, it is because uh, players are very close and they will, they'll, it's just like going to war with, with uh, military. You're, you live, die, and breathe with one another. 
Well, I appreciate you doing this both for the people out there that want to learn how to stay healthy at 74 and you are just like a model. You're the poster child for that. So <laughs> well, thank congratulations you. on that. And then I am going to make a personal house call next time I'm out hiking in the Shenandoah. We'll take a, we'll do a little follow up of that toe and see okay. how you're doing. Well, thank you. I, I've been. It's funny when uh, when Terry called me, I was uh, thinking about trying to find a podiatrist out here that I could use to uh, get it checked out because I couldn't seem to, to get it to, to heal itself. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it to start with, but then uh, trying to get it healed. So I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, well, Tara will let you know I'm pretty resourceful and, and you've, been, okay. uh, you've done a great interview. And uh, we're going to continue these kind of talks. Next time, we're going to have some other athletes and docs. Until next time, this is Dr. Ben Pearl on Fit Foot You. Stay healthy, everybody, and thank you so much, Mark. Thank you again, Doc.